Hi, once again, everybody. It's time for another Pirate People podcast, which is available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and on our YouTube channel, Pirates Digital Media. I am Rick Cole. We welcome you back to our Pirates People podcast. Our purpose is to give you a little deeper look at some of the people in and around North Central Missouri College, such as today's guest, psychology professor Lindsay Oram. But before we get to Dr. Oram, I want to mention that our schedule of live NCMC Pirates Digital Media basketball coverage is now available at piratesdigitalmedia.com. Our first doubleheader, November 2nd now, it will be against Central Missouri University's JV teams, women and men, November 2nd. I'm really excited about our broadcast crew this year. We have just one returning crew member, Lindsay Badson. Uh, but some very talented students starting to get involved in being part of our broadcast crew. Our next three Pirate People podcasts will be produced and hosted by students in our introduction to audio video class here at North Central. So give our students a listen over the next three weeks. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. And now some Pirate People podcast notes. Megan Pester, the Director of Marketing and Admissions at North Central Missouri College, recently participated and graduated from the Missouri Community College Association Leadership Academy. MCCA is Missouri's largest advocacy group for community colleges. Gracie Gordon from Greencastle, Missouri, has been named the North Central Missouri College Outstanding Student for October. Gracie has been part of the A-plus program. She is now a sophomore working toward her Associate in Arts transfer degree. In May, after graduation, Gracie's planning on going to Truman State University. She'll study political science and then go on to law school. Gracie's involved in the Baptist Student Union, Phi Theta Kappa, and works as a student worker in the tutoring center and in the campus bookstore. North Central Missouri College will be closed on Friday for fall break. The closing includes all offices and uh, buildings. No classes will be held this Friday, and, but the Ketchum Community Center will be open for regular hours of operation. Well, let's get on to our podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Lindsay Oram, who heads the psychology department at North Central Missouri College. Remember that old Army recruiting slogan, be an Army of One? Discover the 212 ways you can be an Army of One. She could be the poster child for Army of One, as she explains here in a little bit. I had a great opportunity to be in her human development and growth class a couple of weeks ago. Great kids, and Lindsay was great in getting those students to lead a discussion with their peers and North Central faculty and staff also. Unfortunately, the visit with Dr. Oram on our podcast starts with me apologizing, which, if you know me, is a recurring theme in my life. Let's uh, move on to North Central Missouri College's Dr. Lindsay Oram. I guess I want to be fully transparent to our listeners that uh, due to some technical problems, it's, I'm going to blame myself, but this is the second time we've uh, we've had to record here with Lindsay Oram. Thank you so much for your patience. You know, I'm, I'm a great believer you can learn a lot from failure. I'm not sure I learned a lot from that failure, <laughs> except for one thing, that you're a very nice person for doing this a second time. <laughs> no so, problem. Maybe I'll be thank, more entertaining this time around. Uh, I don't know. We'll, uh, we have nothing to compare it to. Um, we talked last time, and I guess it's a great place to start. What are your duties at North Central? How many classes? What are your, you know, what are they and all that? 
Sure, so I'm a psychology professor here at North Central and I am a, a department of one. So we have one full-time faculty uh, that teaches psych classes. We also have other folks who teach psych classes, but they teach other things or they're just part-time instructors. So I teach a lot of general psychology. It's kind of the introduction to psychology. I teach that both on ground here as well as online. Uh, and then I teach also some of the more um, specialized or upper level, if that's how you want to think of them, psychology courses that just dive more in depth into specific aspects of psychology. So a really popular one is human growth and development, and it focuses on how humans grow and change throughout their, their lifespan and the factors that influence, you know, we're all human, we're all on the same path, but how do we end up so different? Um, kind of tries to answer some of those questions. I love that class. It's taught both on ground and online. And then also abnormal psychology is a really popular option. It really targets the psych disorders and what are the treatments for disorders, how do those disorders, um, why do some people experience them but other people don't, kind of what contributes to those disorders. That's an online course. Uh, I teach child psychology because that's generally just an interest I have. That's more of my background is kind of in the child side of things. And that's an on-campus class only in the spring, but it focuses, as the name suggests, on kind of children, child development, child mental health, those types of things. And then Last but certainly not least, I teach social psychology online in the fall, and it targets kind of how other people influence us as individuals. How do other people kind of influence who I am as a person? And so that's also just a very interesting class as well. So that's kind of my role. Um, also chair the diversity and inclusion committee, and it's a newer committee, but it is um, goals of helping host activities, promote ideas of diversity and inclusion on our campus, just helping people feel like they belong when they're a part of the NCMC uh, community. And then kind of outside of what I do here at the college, I also have a part-time private practice where I mainly focus on psychological testing. So if someone has a question about, do I have or does my child have this psychological disorder, I gather a whole bunch of information and try to help answer that question for them and get them connected to the right treatments for the disorder. So that is generally how my days are filled here um, and what I do kind of day in day out. Yeah, but really, what else do you do? I mean, that's, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, I, I want to double back. Let's, let's talk about your intro class. Freshmen coming in, taking that, I'm assuming it's mostly freshmen? It is, yeah. It's a, one of the ones that a lot of first semester freshmen, so I get a lot of brand new to college yeah. kinds of students. Uh -huh. What are they curious about? What are they, what do they ask you? I mean, all of it, I think they find really fascinating. I mean, generally, I think that a lot of it is kind of eye-opening in the sense of, you know, kind of like I said about human growth development, we're all human, but we have these different perspectives and ideas, and we've all lived different lives, and that's shaped who we are, and they really tend to gravitate to that idea. And I think it's because a lot of students at that that stage in life, if you're a first semester freshman, a lot of traditional students come into my class, so they've just left high school. They just haven't had a ton of those life experiences to see yeah. the world is much different than maybe the life they've lived or the places they've seen. And so I think they really enjoy that and kind of thinking through. They also really enjoy that a lot of psychology can apply to their own lives. So we recently learned about learning, which sounds super boring, but it's the idea of kind of how you can use techniques to teach people things through like rewards and punishments and things like that. So we had a lot of really fun kind of discussions about, you know, if you want someone to do this thing, how would you, or if you want yourself to do these things, kind of how would you use what we know about psychology to help facilitate that? So I, I think they tend to like a lot of it, but yeah. Uh, at what age does the brain fully develop? 
approximately. Yeah, we have some discussions about that too in this class. So, and in, in human growth and development. So, I mean, what the research is showing is frontal lobe is the last part to develop, and that's where kind of planning, thinking, organizing, decision making, regulating your impulses. It's the last to develop, and it's around 25. Okay, so. As the comedian said, everybody under the age of 25 is brain damaged, right? Yeah, at least not fully developed. <laughs> <laughs> not fully developed. Uh, but you, what class is the one that they're most interested in? Kids uh, in general. I mean, I think it really depends on what their interests are. Abnormal psych is just, I think students really, I think that's what they think psych is, is the disorders and treatments. And yeah. of course, that's kind of obviously a huge part of things. So abnormal psych, I think, fascinates a lot of people for that reason. Uh, but I think any of them can be interesting if it matches with your goals. Human growth and development is a great class for anyone that um, is interested in health, mental health or physical health, um, and generally just understanding people's kind of life trajectories. So they only think those tend to, to interest students. Uh, if I'm not wrong, October is Mental Health Month. Well, this week, so right this now, okay. which is, it was the third to what will be the, the 10th coming up, is Mental Illness Awareness okay. Week. Yeah, and there are several different kind of weeks and months throughout the year um, dedicated to mental health. But yeah, we've been doing some cool things on campus, which has been exciting to see related to just raising awareness for our students and our employees. In, in your years, have you seen a change in uh, what students are experiencing, how they're reacting? Is in other words, have kids changed in, in your time? I tell my students that I'm going to blow, so I have two young children, one's almost three and the other one's not quite a year, and I, I, t I always joke in class, like, I'm going to blow their mind when I tell my kids that the internet didn't exist oh, yeah. in my childhood. Exactly. It had just started to really explode about the time I hit high school. I didn't, internet was not on my phone for a long time, you know, and, so I'm gonna I'm gonna blow my kids' minds at some point with that fact. So, for sure, especially since I've been in the field in my career, just how technology influences people has certainly something that stood out to me, both pros and cons, and um, the sense of there are lots of benefits to this new access to information and technology and social media didn't exist when I was a kiddo, and so there's there's pros to that, but there's cons as well from a psychological standpoint too. Um, so that definitely stands out to me. So yeah, pros and cons. I'm not sure if kids had it harder or easier because there's good to, you know, double-edged sword there, so. Lots of stuff lately in the news about Facebook, its influence on especially young women, but Instagram, all of that. Mm -hmm. What's your take on the news that's coming out uh, about the effects of social media? Yeah, I mean, I think social media can be great. Humans want connection. We want to be connected to other humans. Research over and over and over shows that to be true. Deep down, you know, we want people to be connected to us. And social media allows us to do that. I mean, I can be connected to college roommates I haven't seen in five years at this point because our lives are so hectic and we live apart. And that allows us to still stay connected in some way. And that's great. But the flip side is where some of the research is showing that, you know, like the social comparison. When I get on social media, I'm only seeing the positive about usually on, only seeing the highlights of someone else's life. Like their highlight reel, if you yeah, will. Yeah. And if I compare my life where obviously I see the good, the bad, the ugly, mm -hmm. and compare it to someone's highlight reel, I'm always going to feel like I come up short. Yeah. All, every single time. 
and our minds when we see these things don't don't think like that we don't realize like you're making an inadequate comparison here so I mean I definitely think there's something to the idea that that what we see in our social media can influence how we see ourselves, how we go about our lives, and maybe not in a super positive way always. I was just, we just got done with the class and we had just a short discussion about something I've believed in for a long time. If I ask you to tell me the things that you don't like about yourself, you can do that pretty easily. But it's really tough for people to come up with things they do like about themselves. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It, it, that existed, I think, before social media ever came along. What's what is it in our heads that make us do that? I, I don't I don't know what that is exactly, but I do know that over and over again, that's shown to be true. Is we and if you I think researchers have analyzed the the, the actual they've had people document what are you thinking about yeah. at certain periods of time. And they're often thinking about the negative or the thing that didn't go right and just, you know, the, the more difficult things. And there's much less of a time spent on, wow, I really did great on that or this is really going well or I'm feeling good about these things. And so I'm not sure what causes us to do that per se, um, but it exists. It's been documented over and over and again that over and over again that we do that. Yeah, yeah. I know I asked you this in our first taping. Do people come up to you at social gatherings and ask you, you know, about, uh, boy, I'm feeling this way. What should I do? And, you know, like doctors get approached by, I've got an ache here. Does that, does that happen to you? Sometimes, yeah. When people, well, so, and I often get, people often joke, once they find out, if they don't already know I'm a psychologist, they say, oh, are you analyzing me right now? That's the joke. Yeah. Or, you know, are you going to diagnose me later? Um, so there is often a joke about that. But I do have people coming up with legitimate concerns kind of, what what do I do about this? Or I'm, I'm worried about this kiddo or, you know, um, those types of things. And I always try to be as supportive as I can in that moment, realizing like I can't I can't actually provide you services right here in this yeah. in this setting. But you know, I'm always happy to help people and certainly um, there just aren't a ton of providers in our area. There are excellent providers and there are providers, but you know, we're not flush with providers like we might be in other, you know, demographic areas. So, you know, if I'm face-to-face and you know I'm a psychologist and you have a question, I'll do what I can to help yeah. you with that. It's a teachable moment. It's yeah. a chance to educate. For sure. Yeah. Unofficially, I guess. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, Dr. Lindsay Orm is our guest on the Pirate People podcast. Let's turn the page a little bit. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit about uh, your background. Did you grow up in this area? Yeah, so my I tell this story to my students kind of at the beginning, so for a few reasons. One, just to remind them that, yeah, you're starting out college because I see a lot of those first semester students, but, you know, life sometimes takes you places where you don't expect, and you may think you know what you want to do with your life, and then you realize you don't. So, no, I did not grow up in this area. I didn't grow up far from here, I guess, in the scheme of things. I grew up about an hour and a half south of here. Um, southeast a little bit. And Keatsville, Missouri, shout out to Keatsville. Yeah, yeah Anyone for sure. It's from there. How big? Um, about 500 people. Okay. So yeah, I graduated with 14 folks. So yeah. yeah, I wanted out when I when I finished. I felt like I needed something just drastically different than the experience I'd had in a small school. So I chose Mizzou. They also had a really good program for what I thought I wanted to do with my life, which was agricultural education. So I finished my ag degree there and taught high school agriculture for a while. And Someone at some point, I wish they would have just said, are you sure you want to go teach high school freshmen how to build birdhouses? Or or some question that really put it in perspective of like, can you really see yourself doing that job? Because I loved the job for the working with students, trying to help figure out how to teach them things. But there were parts of it I just, I never have built anything that lasted myself. So I don't know how I thought I was going to teach other people to do that. And there are parts of the job that just weren't 
a great fit, but I'm glad I did that. And it was yeah. a path that, again, like you'll be surprised where you end up, I think. And so it that, that those experiences taught me that I really do like teaching people things, but I also am really just interested in people. And so I went back to school um, to earn a degree in school guidance and counseling, thinking maybe more of the kind of mental health side of helping students might be a good fit. And one of my professors said, well, if you continue your education, earn the doctorate degree in psychology, school psychology specifically, you, um, a few more doors would open, like becoming a licensed psychologist, perhaps teaching at a university or college. And so that's kind of what prompted that kind of move to Mizzou to finish, uh, the doctorate degree there ended up in Trenton Mo because shout out to Gilman City, Missouri. My yeah. husband is from there, and I met him at Mizzou as an undergrad. And so um, he's a farmer in the area, and so he um, he farms. And so yeah, that's what brought us back kind of up here uh, to this region. So it all works out, or at least it did for me. And so it's been a fun fun journey, and I'm excited. I feel good. I'm deeply content in what I'm doing. That's fantastic. Lindsay, you mentioned your husband a second ago, and you've got two young kids. Uh-huh. Uh, how's how's life as a mom these days? Like I was kidding you before, it's not like you have nothing else going on in your life. Oh, uh, they're great. Oh, they're the best thing. Yeah. When someone, so my, I'm doing a book study in my human growth and development class, and it's all about happiness. And someone, one of my students during that book study asked, you know, what's the thing that makes you the happiest? And it's just a question, again, we don't probably think about a ton because mm-hmm. we're focusing so much on the other stuff, the negative. And, Oh, it's my kids' smiles. It's when they laugh. So they're great. It's hectic, though. Um, so I am a person who always probably takes on too many things. And so learning how to juggle that with... Um, and I'm a person who is deeply connected to what I do. So part of me, like my identity is a psychologist and a professor. And it's integral to me to maintain those. But trying to learn how to balance this still feels new role as a mom has certainly been a challenge but oh they're great they're the funny little people and watching them grow has been the very best <laughs> funny little people i like that yeah. yeah do you analyze them a little bit as they the different growth patterns and all that oh yeah i'm always applying what i use or what i teach in psychology or what i know to my own life i use myself as an example a lot in class and i try to let my warn my students like it's not because i think i'm the, the you know the sun revolves around me or the world revolves around me but it's because Psychology is human behavior, and I only know myself the best. So I'm always using, you know, the human growth and development information um, with my kiddos to try to help them be the most successful people they they can become and be um, now and in the future, too. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm always using that info with them. Lindsay, you said the, the D word a little bit ago, diversity. Mm-hmm. How does that word apply? Because it's in the news all the time now, of course. Uh-huh. How does that apply to Trenton and, and the and North Central's campus? Yeah, I think that is a question or a word that can become, different people understand it differently. So so my take is just that, you know, we are all human, which makes us all the same, but we're also all very different for lots of lots of reasons. I, I use this example with my students, like it would be silly of me to look out amongst 30 of you and expect us to all think and believe and have aspects of ourselves that are the same. And so that's how I take my take on diversity is like we are different as people and that's actually a really beautiful thing and allows us to have different thought and different experiences and and encourages us to to grow into our own selves. And so that's how my take on diversity. Right. I mean, I think there's obviously words we often attach to diversity like identities like, you know, what's your religion or what's your race or what's your you know um 
gender identity or different things. And that's certainly uh, important, but for me, it's all of us are different. Our life experiences make us different, but how can we also learn to, to work together and accept and embrace those differences? How do the students on campus react to you know the whole diversity issue? And you said you, you're kind of the, the leader of the, the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had several um, larger events in terms of bringing speakers onto campus. We're also helping promote Mental Illness Awareness Week. And generally, I find our students to really be interested in these topics. And, you know, they may not always agree, at least in my experience in my class, because these topics naturally emerge because we're talking psychology. Even if they may not always think similarly or agree, they're open to having discussions. And that, to me, is... That's the magic. At least being open to the idea that, hey, I see this differently than you, and you know what, I'm not gonna necessarily change my perspective, but I can appreciate yours now. I think that's really important. So I am always, always impressed. I even sometimes get nervous. Like, is this a topic that's gonna be really difficult for students, or, or are they just gonna shut down and not, and they always impress me with their that's, ability to have these kinds of conversations. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was, I had the fortune to be in your class a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I think that people need to know that you are, and I'm not kissing up here because you're doing this for the second time, and I appreciate that, but you're a very good instructor, especially in the format I saw, leading a discussion and having kids open and all that kind of stuff. I love I loved those discussions, and I thought you did a tremendous job in, in getting that going and, and then letting the kids do their thing. But the teaching thing you mentioned, it's, it's such a part of your identity. Do you lose yourself in teaching? I mean, is it something that you really like? And, and what's that experience like to be in front of a class? Yeah, so actually later in the book that you were able to be a part of that book study a few weeks ago, it talks about flow. It's a psychological concept of getting so lost in something, and we've all been in flow at some point. So lost in something that time tends to slip away and lots of the other things going on in your mind slip away and you're so honed in on what you're doing that you're like living in the moment. And it actually brings us great happiness is what the book is saying. So people often ask me like, why do you work so hard? Why do you do the things you do? You could do your job and work a lot less, which is probably accurate in some ways. But like when I get in flow, I don't think about it as work. I, I like, I am very, um, I get a lot of happiness out of it. So when I'm standing in front of a class or I'm planning an activity, like this book study is the first time we've done it. So watching it be successful, like, I can't describe how awesome that is. So, yeah, when I'm up in front of a class, time often slips away and it doesn't feel like work at all. It just feels like this great in the moment experience that I get to have. Yeah, that's a very great way. I, I know what you're talking about. I have that too in a different aspect. Well, yeah. I just, I totally believe in that. Um, the educational part, the psychology part. And I, I'm trying to picture you as an ag instructor. What's a, you know, I, you, grow up the the farm life kind of lead you to that uh, initially it did yeah i grew up on a farm uh, in around the keatsville area and was uh in student organizations in high school ffa being one of the big ones and i really got a lot out of that organization and and the ag experiences animals i thought i wanted to be a vet as a young child until i had some reality check of like blood makes me nauseous so <laughs> I, I thought ag teaching or being involved in ag in some way might allow me to continue that love of animals and I developed a love of growing things a little bit later in life but yeah that's what prompted me to think about ag education as a profession just the love of that it worked out great that then I found out I really like teaching a whole lot too yeah. and that's where kind of life has taken me but 
I still like to engage in hobbies associated with agriculture for sure. We live on a farm, which is a, so awesome yeah. to be able to have a garden, grow our, our own food. We have goats currently on our farm, but animals and other livestock and pets and things. So I still get to dabble in agriculture every now and then. Um, and it's still part of who I am, I would say, deep inside. Well, I would offer that you're talking about life forms, whether it's plants or animals or whatever, and then you're yeah. dealing with, with student life forms here. So yeah. I'd say there's a common thread there. Yeah, yeah. I, like to, I guess maybe I like to nurture things. I guess I never thought of it that way. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much again for take number two on this. <laughs> yeah. It's been delightful because I, I take my own selfish needs out of this. I got the chance to get to know you even better by doing it yeah. twice. And, and I, I wish you continued success. Like I said, I was very impressed with your class and, and especially the kids, obviously, but, but you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. And that's the Pirate People podcast for this week. Next time, three Pirate People podcasts will be produced and hosted by students in our introduction to audio video class here at North Central Missouri College. Thanks once again to Dr. Lindsay Oram of North Central. Like the disc jockey that I was in the 1970s, I do take requests. So if you or someone you know would be a great podcast guest, please let me know. My email is rcole, that's R-C-O-L-E, at mail.ncmissouri.edu. Again, our call at mail.ncmissouri.edu. The Pirate People Podcast is available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and on our YouTube channel, Pirates Digital Media. I am Rick Cole. Goodbye for now, and go Pirates!